0: Okay, folks, it is time to talk about the Sea of Daggers, as we are very close to launching the campaign, and it's going to be an exciting time, but I want to cover a couple things today. One, I want to talk about why I am doing this. The second thing is I want to go through our fundraising in the past, because there have been some pretty incredible things that we've done collectively as a community. Uh, And then finally, I will recap one last time all the details of the campaign, so you're ready to go when this puppy sets sail so first up why do this why make another figure i have uh i believe 13 figures to date and and accessory packs i could just keep turning out the same figures in different color ways and rest on the laurels of not just the library of Knight of the slice figures but also the most previous iteration the Goth's armor which you know probably is our best-selling figure to date uh, I could easily coast, maybe for a couple of years, not have to do anything new, not have to sort of spend money as soon as it comes in. But that's just not me. Um, I, I feel an incredibly strong compulsion to do this project. I've been thinking about it for years. Uh, I have intensely been focusing on it since uh, Goss has shipped, and and that was taken off my plate. And when I become obsessed, and uh, you know, a project is sort of rolling around in my mind at all hours of the day. I typically know that that's the right move to make, and uh, this is by all means an incredibly ambitious project. And I would say this is probably more ambitious than making Goss armor. Now, in some respects, we have done a more articulated figure with the Goss style, so we have learned a lot of lessons, and we have. Uh, you know, a lot of great experience and knowledge to kind of uh, eliminate the learning curve in many respects. But what we're going to do with the Sea of Daggers and the initial figure of Cray Drake uh, is attempt to have the same playability and poseability of the Gauss armor, but have a much sort of slimmer silhouette. And that is going to ratchet up all of the potential problems we could have in production and uh, joints breaking and things like that so in many respects we're pushing the envelope even further and trying something even more ambitious but i believe this is all going to be worth it um I, i can see the golden path laid out in front of us and all i need is a little help from all of you and i think we can get there in many respects i think knights of the slice is kind of a genre toy line right but under that umbrella we get to tackle many different genres. And I think that's part of the specialness and the magic of collecting this line, and and for me, in designing this line. It started off as a love letter to tokusatsu with the classic knight. Uh, Then I kind of got to scratch the itch and move towards these very specific genres that I always wanted to do toys of. So we got something like the old knight, because medieval toys are great. And, uh, you know, I grew up with little plastic Timmy figures and also lines like LJN, A, D, and D. So, to me, I really wanted to do a heavily armored knight uh, in a medieval style, and we were able to do that. That was fantastic. Then, of course, I started thinking about, well, what were the other things I loved? Well, when I was a kid, Young Guns 1 and 2 were incredible little films to me, and they were always on... TV for some reason, so I'd watched them a million times. And there was not any that I know of cowboy toys out at that time. It kind of fallen out of favor as a genre. So I would make my own cowboy figures, you know, utilizing Hasbro Cops or whatever I could find and, you know, the odd uh, six shooter here and there. Uh, so I, ab- I embarked upon the Star Marshal figure uh, and also our great crossover with Kit Lau for his Annex additions I'm very proud of both those entries into the genres I think they captured the spirit of what I like about those tropes and added something different to the sort of uh, the formula I guess also you could say that Crow Mega in some ways is a genre figure you know there have been uh, caveman figures or sort of like wild native figures um, throughout the years uh, I've definitely gravitated towards them. The the really terrible movie Battlefield Earth actually had a really cool sort of caveman-like forest-dwelling figure that had a crossbow and a spear and, uh, you know, uh, draped in animal skins. Um, I always liked those sort of things, and I also kind of wanted to do my version of He-Man in some respects. Um so Crow Mega scratched that itch, right? We got this kind of primitive Stone Age warrior with a big honking spearhead for a sword and, you know, a uh, a, a nice hammer to uh, crack skulls with. And that is another genre that we've added to this illustrious archive. At this point, Knights of the Slice is over 13 figures, and we also have uh, a bunch of different accessory sets. That's... Insane, And it's grown bigger than I ever sort of imagined this toy line would be. In many respects, I could just kind of rest on my laurels, rest on the success of uh, the Goss armor. But uh, I can't sit still. I got to keep pushing the ball forward. And so that brings us to the next genre that we're going to be experimenting with, with, which is obviously uh, in the pirate realm. It's more of a sort of early modern era as opposed to middle ages or medieval piracy but um again i'm trying to scratch this itch that is just driving me insane i i can see these characters and these figures so clearly and i can see their settings i can smell the salt air i can picture them all on the deck of a ship and this is a a very strong compulsion that i want to bring into reality with your help As I've outlined before, I have certain internal rules about how we're going to depict piracy and things like that. We're not going to play heavily into the tropes that people are expecting. There's not going to be peg legs and eye patches and things like that. Uh, But i got to tell you, the entire crew that I've laid out, should we get to unlock each and every one of them, uh, it is going to be mind-blowing. I think people are going to be really, really happy... And the core figure, the initial offering, is going to have many different optional pieces. So that it is not just Cray, but it is many, many characters. And it can can play many different roles. Um, It's also worth noting when you see the campaign and it launches, that is not everything the campaign is going to entail. I have a bunch of surprises in my back pocket. Because let's face it, running a campaign takes a long time. There is always a plateau, and there's kind of a a drudgery to these campaigns in the middle. So I have reserved some surprises that uh, I think are going to really make people. It's going to it's going to melt brains out there in a good way. It's also kind of interesting. Uh, you know, Cray Drake is my probably oldest character. He even uh, precedes Rex Gannon in his creation, and. Uh, you know, he is obviously a sort of the best analogous would be just a DD character that somebody had and played with for their entire lives. Now, I didn't have access to DD as a kid, but this was my go to fantasy alter ego in many ways. Uh, it has been a really long journey to bring Cray to fruition, and I think it's there's no coincidence that as I'm recording this, the Jagged Age manga. Is done. All of the art is completed by Renosa. Now I have to go in and I have to edit, and I have to add text and things like that. But largely, uh, this character is for the first time going to get a huge presence in with a wonderful backstory, beautiful artwork, and then hopefully this fully articulated figure. It is also worth noting there's going to be army building potential here. Uh, that should be no surprise to anybody. Although initially. You may not know what those opportunities are going to be. But we have a lot of uh, opposition, let's say, to lay out on Cray, And the basic sort of premise storyline here is that Cray needs to cross the Sea of Daggers. So he is chartered a small skiff. Uh, now, Cray going alone on the Sea of Daggers in a small skiff, highly unadvisable. It's going to be extremely dangerous. You're going to meet... The different elements that make this journey so arduous. He has a very precious cargo he needs to take across the Sea of Daggers. Uh, In order to better Craze chances, we need to unlock as many goals as possible to fill out the crew within this skiff. The more money we raise, the more different styles of figures that will be added, as well as accessory kits and special uh, bonuses and things like that. And what we want to do is really fortify Kray so that he can get out there on the Sea of Daggers fully equipped with a bunch of backup and navigate hopefully successfully. He is not a sailor by any stretch of the imagination. He is relatively early in his career as a sort of spy master. He's learning different martial arts, but this is somebody who is really starting from class zero in many respects. So, he needs all the help he can get, and the more money we can raise, the more Rapscallions, the more Scallywags, the more Bilge Rats we can build into the crew. Uh, in many respects, also, this campaign has become the, the sort of receptacle for all of the high-tier unlocks that we never got to in previous campaigns. So, in some respects, you should look at this as a redemption for the Squires of the Slice community, for every higher tier unlock that we were unable to get to, to, for all the silhouettes of all the potential figures that never got unlocked, this is the campaign where we have the potential to do that. My other goal in all this, and this is one that's sort of followed me for a very long time, is I wanted to have a more articulated human body that's not necessarily overly muscular, Um, although Cray is pretty jacked in this depiction, I will admit, but, um, I wanted to have a human counterpart to the Goss Armor, and my drawings of a sort of more articulated, I, I hesitate to say super articulated, because to me, that kind of goes into the realm of Marvel Legends, and that's not what this figure is, that's not what Goss Armor is. I'm fine for toys that exist like that, but they're not my personal preference. I always prefer to have a little less articulation and a little more sturdy construction in my figures. But the idea of having a sort of humanoid base body that has a bit more articulation and swappable parts, that even precedes the idea of Gauss Armor. Um, But Gauss Armor needed to be what it was. We needed to cast a large net. Uh, We spent a ton of time designing it, getting some great artwork commissioned. And I think, in many ways, Goss Armor is an easier sell, especially when you're working with the illustrious Four Horsemen, um, than something like Cray. Cray is kind of a personal project, a, a super, super personal project for me, and really something that will appeal to, I think, most of our audience, but reasonably might be a hard sell to the less imaginative toy collectors. You know. What I like about Knights of the Slice, I was thinking about this yesterday. Uh, Almost every squire, certainly the ones that interact online or post on Discord, all of you have a curiosity, right? And that is kind of a trait that has been beaten out of human beings in this modern era. But almost all of you have some creative output, if not creative aspirations, uh, almost all of you seem to appreciate seeing other people's drawings and toy photography and customs. It's it's really a wonderful community. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. Like, I genuinely enjoy checking the Discord and seeing what everybody's saying and working on. And I think that the Knights of the Slice toy line demands curiosity. You have to be curious about the design process. You have to be curious about the backstory for each characters, for the significance of each accessory. This is not something you just put in your shopping cart, check out, and don't think about afterwards. It, it kind of demands a bit more attention from people. And understandably, that turns people off because we're kind of, as consumers, we've been smoothed down to avoid any edges. We just want to hit the nostalgia button and just have the nostalgia gel encapsulate us and slide over our smooth fat folds. But this is something that is kind of sharp and pointed, and you have to pay attention to. You might want to read a bit of the backstory. You have to engage with the community if you want the full experience of it. I also look at the general process of selling a figure within Nights of the Slice and ToyPizza.com as being an entirely unique thing, right? Because there are not other toy companies out there with, I would say, outside of, you know, the O'Neill universe. I think those guys who, uh, you know, we're all kind of sitting in the, the same boat here. But in the, the larger toy selling world, there is not this process of a fragmented narrative that you can put together there's not this process of leaning on the community to figure out what's this silhouette, what is the significance of that character, where have they popped up before. There is not a archive of comics and postcard comics and things like that that you can pour through to deduce little clues. Um, frankly, there's very little creative things going on besides writing, you know, maybe a blurb of backstory for a website for a pre-order page. Uh, there are certainly not people writing theme songs to the figures that are going to be released, and certainly not uh, creators of Toy Lines hosting hour-and-a-half-long live streams of improvised music dedicated to uh, these themes and ideas. So, in many respects, this entire operation is incredibly unique. It is appreciated by very few people, but I prefer it that way. I'd rather people comprehend and understand what I'm doing, even if it's a minority of people, rather than sort of be Budweiser and be everywhere and sell to every single location possible. So if you're listening to this, I would congratulate you because I think you are a bit different from everybody else in the world. I think you're a little bit more curious and a little bit more creative. And you're not just there pressing a button waiting for the stimulus. To come to you. You you kind of have started to understand the anticipation of things uh, is a very big and important part of an experience. I think, you know, the majority of Night of the Slice collectors also understand how much more refreshing and exciting a product from a single creative mind is. And I hate referring to these things as product, but, you know, for brevity's sake, I, I think it's an apt description uh all this is to say like we have a wonderful community and we're gonna test this now with this hypothesis can we go big and can we fully fund this initial cray figure his accessories and move on down the line and see what else we can unlock So with that preamble out of the way, let's talk about what the Knight of the Slice, Squires of the Slice community, has done previously in fundraising, because it is actually pretty impressive. This is, again, largely a one-man operation. Uh, I mean, look, I have a lot of help from a lot of people. I have a lot of help, especially from Matt Dowdy and his sort of uh, overseeing all of the production and things like that. But largely, for all intents and purposes, this is uh, a one-man operation from you know, the first pencil line on a piece of paper, to stuffing a toy into an envelope and slapping a postage on it, that's me, right? So, we've been doing this about eight years, and in our fundraising, crowdfunding uh, projects, we've raised a total of 100,000, 152,000, I'm bad at math, by the way, $152,766.61, $152,766.61, that is insane, that is phenomenal, that is a lot of fucking money, honestly, um, so to break this down, uh, I'm doing this kind of uh, haphazardly, but I, I believe our first Kickstarter, here it is, right here, this would have been about 8 years ago, uh, $13,000, almost $14,000 on Kickstarter raised. Uh, that is for the classic knight. that is the sort of first project that that brought us to market famously if you go back and listen to some dystazapods uh the line was almost instantly dead on arrival it cost way more than that and we also ran into complications with our retail partner at hastings uh many people may not remember or forget that uh, uh the classic knight was sold in stores in a blind bag pack that is a uh, You know something that has not happened since for good reason i suppose um let's see here what what was our next one so we have the classic night there then we had i believe the next crowdfunding was the action figure of the millennia on kickstarter for 2019 so this would have been launched in 2018 and that raised that was our biggest fundraising event to date and that was $38,000. To go from 13,000 raise to $38,000, that's incredible. Uh, In that one, I believe there was a $40,000 figure that we just came underneath. We did not reach the goal of the 40,000 figure. Um, I could not remember for the life of me what that was. But in any case, that was a pretty interesting one, right? That was great, that was our high watermark. when it came to the next year, Action Figure of the Millennium 2020, 2020, so this would have been in late 2019, Kickstarter was refusing to recognize their union. So I refused to launch my Kickstarter campaign. I had it done. It was uploaded. All I had to do was hit publish. And when word came out that they were union busting, I said, fuck that. I'm going to do this privately. So I took it to Shopify and just uh, used some widgets to have a progress bar, and so Action Figure of the Millennia 2022 enrollment netted us $30,000. Now, you might think, hey, that's $8,000 less, but the truth is we got more people, and also, if you remove all the Kickstarter fees that came out of that $38,000 from the 2019 campaign, it's about the same amount of money so i was very happy that we could do something as drastic as move away from a popular platform where there are millions of people and millions of eyeballs to see and do this on our own and uh it absolutely uh came through after that i had uh i had two relatively unpopular characters that i really really wanted to see made now that that 2020 kickstarter That was for our boy, Radek, and that was for Hackerman, which were reasonably interesting to people and uh, garnered a lot of attention. When it came to finishing out that that, uh, quadrilogy, I wanted to get Crow and Sen made, and they were not unlocked in that 2020 campaign, so I said, let's just do it, let's get another one going. And we were successful, we managed to unlock Crow, we managed to unlock Sen, that raised exactly as much as we needed, which was $26,000 and some change. Um, this was one of the campaigns where I shipped goods, I think, three months late. Well, Sen went out on time, no problem, and then Crow ran into a couple issues. We had to fix a couple things late in the day, and that was sent out about three months after I would have liked it to Ben. But even still, uh, I think I have a pretty good track record. I mean, we can say conclusively, I have shipped all of the pre-orders that anyone has ever placed with me to date. Uh, There have been no projects that have not delivered. Some of them have been a little bit behind, but we've always been in the same calendar year in shipping. Uh, And uh, obviously, you can kind of tell we're getting to the coronavirus phase of things, which is where delays actually really happened in a very material way. Um, Continuing on with the private fundraising, again, we had done AFOTM 2020, we had done the Crow and Sen campaign. We then moved on to Diver, and we were able to raise uh, a little in excess of $20,000, which netted us $18,000, uh, sorry, closer to $19,000, dollars 18854 and 58 cents, um, And that was great because that's what we needed, and we got to throw some extras in there. And uh, Diver, unfortunately, was a victim of the, the delays and all that stuff. Uh, but it did still ship. I think we were, we thought it was going to be summer. It ended up being a little bit later than that. Um, but all in all, another successful campaign. And at that time, Diver was the, the probably the most best-selling figure that had been released. Um, then we get to the pandemic years, and obviously I switched up. We did some card slicers, much easier to print uh, paper cards in the U.S. as opposed to plastic goods overseas. Um, so we had the initial Card Slicers Kickstarter, which raised $7,000. Uh, $215. And then the follow-up, the Jacket Age expansion, which raised uh, even more than that, $7,792. Both of these, obviously the goals were only $5,000, so both of these exceeded by quite a bit. I mean, every campaign we've done has exceeded by quite a bit, except for the long-forgotten Night of the Slice comic book campaign from about uh, eight years ago, which did not fund, and we just frankly don't speak about that anymore do we Um, so that kind of encapsulated our private fundraising now there was of course a goss pre-order for patrons Uh, that brought in quite a bit of money but that was not a fundraising event per se that was more uh, granting patrons access to order something early but all in all you add this together it's over 150,000 dollars Every single cent of that has gone into the product itself. I've never taken a salary off of any of this, or uh, I don't even think i bought a pack of gum with any of this this, uh, fundraising money. Um, So this gives you a a good range of what we might be able to do here, right? Uh, So uh, our highest fundraising event was in 2019, and that was $38,000, but that was on Kickstarter, there is absolutely more eyeballs when you do something on Kickstarter as opposed to doing something privately. So that is a factor we have to keep in mind. The Sea of Daggers is a private fundraiser just on my Shopify. There's always going to be some level of hesitation for people that are not customers or not sort of following uh, what it is we do here. It is it is asking quite a leap of faith. Um, So that kind of sets the stage for what we have done in the past and I think now we can kind of safely hop into what the asks are in this campaign and where I'm going to make my prediction for where I think it's going to land and I hope to be proven wrong by a tremendously successful a 10x campaign if you will. You know what, a little addition to what I previously laid out in our fundraising campaigns, uh, what I didn't have in those totals was separate things that were sort of spin-off. Now, older Squire of the Slice uh, fans will probably remember this, but when we did the Action Figure of the Millennia enrollment campaign, there were also all these other additional store items that unlocked. So uh, Last Stand Desert Rat, Adjudicator Vector Jump, Classic Mustard Knight... Um, a bunch of different options for a bunch of different uh, sort of things. So the actual total that we've raised privately on Shopify is $83,000. So a a couple grand more if you add in all those other uh, ancillary unlocks. So overall, an incredibly impressive haul. But now that we understand why I'm doing this and we understand the past of our fundraising history... Uh, it's time to talk about this campaign. What are the features? What are the things to look out for? So earlier this week I shared a very early cam- uh, sort of beta campaign page, and I got some great feedback. Uh, I also talked with a couple of people in my brain trust, obviously Matt Dowdy and uh, Brennan from Star, and was able to kind of hone in and tweak certain tiers and certain offer levels, and get everything kind of dialed into where we need to be. So this is a simple four-tier offer for people that want to support the campaign. Uh, The initial goal is $20,000. The second goal is $25,000. And then the goal after that is $30,000 with escalating sort of milestones after that. Now, the the initial goal of $20,000, that's locked in place. That is what we need to do. The other tiers could shift. Um, One of the things I don't like about Kickstarter is you're kind of locked in with all of your details once you launch a campaign. But privately crowdfunding, I can kind of read the room, I can get a sense of how much money is getting earned, I can get a sense of traffic flow, and if things are cooling off, I can lower goals to incentivize people to put more in. There's lots of different options available to me. So. Let's start with the tiers. First up, we have the Bilge tier. This is a $60 two-pack of figures. Now, it is worth mentioning, the single biggest thing to keep in mind here is that the content of any of these tiers and their rewards is predicated on how many different styles of figures get unlocked. It is also worth mentioning uh, your gifts may include both fully painted and material-style figures um so let's take the full crew six pack that might be if we only get cray that might be six different versions of cray and three of them might be fully painted three of them might be unpainted this is how our sort of crowdfunding and rewards fulfillment has always run it is a mixture of unpainted figures and a mixture of painted figures and also always predicated on how many different styles get unlocked now naturally this begs the question Typically, there's like a $30 entry level to a campaign. Um, is there no option to just get a single figure? Uh, if you're a patron, there are probably going to be offers leading up to the arrival of these figures for second chances, as, as has happened with Goss, as happened with Diver, and you know pretty historically, I like to make that available. But for our fundraising purposes, this is, again, an extremely ambitious, extremely expensive line of figures i need to maximize every dollar i can and when i did a cost analysis of previous campaigns and how much extra it costs to pack a single figure versus the additional money i get from multiple figures uh, it was pretty compelling evidence that i needed to have something that was a little bit meatier as the entry price point so we're sticking with 60 dollars. i also the single Cray figure by himself, I don't think tells the entire story. I want people to right out of the box, have an adventure laid out on their kitchen table. So uh, because this is so narrative based and there are a lot of accessories that haven't been shown yet, I think it will make sense to you that you want to have a sort of constant conflict once you open the package. In many ways, this is kind of modeling off of what we do with Action Figure, The Millennia Club and the idea of getting an entire storyline mailed to you that's ready to go out of the box. So, Bilge Rat tier, $60, two figures. That's your your first entry. Second entry, Deck Hand tier. This is $200, this is an instant crew. This is six figures and two special accessory packs. You wanna talk about fully outfitting Cray with a crew that's gonna protect him on the Sea of Daggers, This is the option to do it there's going to be a lot of different opportunities here for different looks and things like that so let's break this down if we earn eighty thousand dollars we have no problem filling those six slots with different types of figures right everyone will be different but maybe we don't get there maybe we only unlock cray maybe we get the accessory kit that uh gives cray a new look then what happens well I will get creative, and I will deliver a full crew that is uh, pretty compelling. Keep in mind, Cray, his head is going to work with any previous head from Knights of the Slice, so I think it would be very easy to build out a full crew with unique pieces and unique colors, possibly pulling from our older archive. But if we earn enough money, that won't even be necessary. It's also worth noting I only need to get about 120 people signed on to... The deckhand crew in order to make this campaign happen. And that's completely reasonable. We've done much larger numbers with that in previous fundraising events. So I think we can do it. Uh, I definitely think this is going to be our most popular tier. Um, I think also, you know, if you're debating between $60 tier, $200 tier, the $200 tier is going to get us to the goal a lot quicker and get us to the unlocks a lot quicker also. So that is the deckhand tier. But, I'm lucky enough to have amongst the squires of the slice some heavy rollers, some guys that like to throw down some ducats, some true believers in the mission that are no doubt going to want to see this happen for real. And that's why I have the captain tier. This is a $500 tier, and I am limiting this to 10 slots now what do you get for being captain well there are many people who have been asking me for a long time for the ability to create their own card slicer card we will make that happen with the captain tier you will get to design your own card you will get 10 of those cards which you can sign and then sell to other squires of the slice there are going to be some restrictions on what characters you can use or If we're doing original artwork or artwork that's previously available in the archive that's part of the discussion we'll have a fun time kind of working these issues out Uh, in addition you will also have an exclusive prototype color figure I'm going to have a very very small run of figures in a solid color maybe we'll do a gray color I think that kind of lends itself to prototype rather well and you will get one of these figures and these are not going to be released so This is just for my Captains and my Grand Admirals, which we'll talk about next. And uh, you will be one of the only people on Earth, one of 11 people on Earth, to have this exclusive color. So I think that's pretty excellent. You'll also get all the rewards from the, the prior tiers, which means you're getting six figures and two accessory packs as well. If I can get even two or three people at the Captain level, that is going to catapult us towards the goal in an amazing way so if anybody is feeling generous they like the content that I put out there they like that I'm investing my life energy into this uh, this grand project of ours this is a great way to show your appreciation and also solidify yourself as a major supporter for independent toy creation and get us closer and closer to that goal but wait that's not all I know that for all the high rollers I have, there's even an upper echelon to that. There are people that truly have kept me alive and running with this project, even during the dips. Uh, For those people, for the absolute units out there, I have the Grand Admiral Tier. This is $1,500, and you will design your own colorway of a figure. Now. Uh, that figure would be obviously Cray if he gets unlocked, but it could also be any of the other unlocks should they happen. This is limited to two slots, and what I would share with you is that in previous campaigns I have had this design a figure level, and it's been a great experience every time. Now, previously I've I've had a lot of designers, of guest designers, and that has been a good experience, but it is a little hard to manage, you know, when we get to four or five different people Uh, But I think those people would say it was a well worth it experience and they had a ton of fun doing it. We kind of get to go back and forth. I share what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, You will get a paint sample of the figure you designed long before anybody else. And more importantly, you're going to get a test shot. For those who don't know what test shots are, these are the first output from the mold. This happens months and months before any product actually arrives and is in the hand of the end consumer this is an early prototype version of the figure you're going to have that months before anybody else and uh you know there are some test shots out in the marketplace but typically i hold on to those pretty tightly and only use those for special events so this is truly a rare one-of-a-kind opportunity you're also going to get 10 free copies of your figure now if you're smart you're going to uh, make a little custom backer card. You're going to mount this figure. You're going to sign it. And then you can sell this figure for a little extra money. I don't mind. I think that's uh, that's within the spirit of things. And needless to say, you're going to get every reward from the previous tiers as well. So that's a, a huge box you're going to be receiving in the mail. And I think it's going to be uh, pretty nice. Also, I think the value here is the kind of ride along with the production. Now, I'm going to share a lot of production updates and things like that with the Patreon, but if you're a guest designer, you're going to see stuff before anybody else, because i got to show you pictures of the paint sample, i got to show you pictures of the test shot when it gets here from China. Um, You're going to get a little bit extra and a real behind-the-scenes look on what it's like to design a toy and go through the motions and things like that. So, this is not for everybody, but if I can attract at least one Grand Admiral, That is going to put a ton of money into the war chest and get us that much closer. So we got four tiers, you got four options. Here's what I think is gonna happen. I think I'm gonna get one Grand Admiral. I think I'm gonna get maybe two Captains and that will give us $2,500 and that's fantastic. That is such a huge boom to this project. That is more than 20% of our ask. I think the most popular tier is gonna be the deckhand tier at 200. Uh, I'm hoping we get about 120 people to sign up for that, because that will fully fund us. And then I think we'll have, you know, a fair amount of people. The second most popular tier is probably going to be the entry-level $60 two-pack. I believe that this campaign will fully fund for Cray. I believe the next goal of $25,000, should it stay at that level, will fully fund for the accessory pack, which, again, is going to be very cool and give you a whole lot more to do with the core figure. Uh, And then, if I'm being honest, the next tier at $30,000 for a brand new figure, uh, it's a question mark. Historically, we've done more than $30,000, but we've also done less than $30,000. If we're being honest... Nice of the Slice is coming out of quite a significant dip, as most people that sell things online are experiencing post-pandemic. But we are on the upswing. We're starting to see a lot more new people come and join the Patreon, a lot of new spenders uh, throwing out ducats in the store. So it's a good time because we're on the upswing again. I would be very hesitant to do this campaign last year, kind of part of the reason we didn't do a fundraising campaign for Goss, honestly, because numbers were so low across the board on everything. Um, So I think we get the core figure pretty easily. I think we get the accessory pack. Uh, It is really up to you guys how far it goes beyond that. I don't see this necessarily going beyond $30,000 with the data I have in front of me, but my God, I would love to be proven wrong on that. I had two conversations recently with two titans of the toy industry. And I'm not gonna name names to protect uh, their privacy. But both of these people were uh, either undergoing a huge crowdfunding campaign or sort of privy to or in an overseer position for a huge crowdfunding campaign. And for both of them, they're active campaigns. these These are like hundreds of thousands of dollars campaigns. These are like, 10,000 people show up for these campaigns, typically. In both cases, both current campaigns were sucking wind. They were not looking very good for either of these brands. And these are brands that are, you know, probably considered A-plus brands for people like me and you guys. These are like the cream of the crop when it comes to action figure uh, properties. In both cases, they were failing to sort of meet the expectation of these campaigns. And again, these are campaigns asking for tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, just astronomical. Um, What they believe the case to be is that there's a general fatigue for these things, for these big projects and for the IP associated with these projects. Uh, And I totally understand that, and I think that's completely reasonable because we've been force-fed so much shit, especially since the pandemic started. All of these pre-orders, all of these live streams announcing new product you can one-click on Amazon, all of these crowdfunding, it's, it's too much. And it is kind of ironic that I'm here holding my hand out asking for money in the environment that we're in with these huge should be successful campaigns completely cratering but i can do that with a clear conscience because i know i'm offering something that these campaigns are not and that is a modest ask and an original idea right that's what they don't have one i'm not asking for anything more than i absolutely need for production and in fact i'm asking a little bit less than i need for production with the understanding as it has always been the case i'm going to pay out of pocket to cover that and i do that because i want a conservative arrangement between us i don't want to shake you upside down even if it feels that way sometimes i just need enough walking around money to get us up and running and get us going at the factory and i will cover incidentals from there on out the other part of this is i'm actually offering you something new in the case of these other unnameable crowdfunding campaigns they are offering you maybe a new item but it's from an old intellectual property and in some cases they may be offering you a slightly modified updated version of a figure you already bought many years ago uh, at a you know an exorbitantly more expensive price so that's the premise here and that's sort of what i'm offering you And of course, this is all gonna come with the usual excellent behind the scenes footage and updates and things like that. I think there's a very good possibility also, I could be in Hong Kong when this first figure comes off the production line. It has not been possible to travel, uh, obviously during the pandemic, and, and even now, restrictions are still sort of in place. But I think reasonably, I could make the trip and I could make this happen, so you could have on the ground live, nearly, updates of me meeting with the factory people, seeing the test shot, making my revisions. Like, I would love to do that again, and I think that this is a good opportunity. It is also worth noting, this is not like a Kickstarter campaign where every figure is beautifully rendered and done in 3D, and you're seeing these photos that exactly capture how the final figure will be. This is a totally punk DIY version of that. You are literally going to see this figure developed nearly in real time. You're going to get updates on Patreon. You're going to see the trials and tribulations of it. I'm going to show you warts and all what I have to go through to make this figure. In many regards, I've already shown way more than I normally do for these things. I I went back, I opened up the sketchbook to the initial drawings and ideas of this character. Um, It's all going to be laid out there. And I'm kind of building this thing alongside of all of you, so it is a truly unique experience and With that it is a big ask. This is a leap of faith. I know I've delivered everything previously but I don't take lightly that you're giving me your hard-earned money for something that is not tangible in this very moment and that may take up to a year for me to deliver that is really asking quite a bit but for the artists that I love and support, I, I, I show up and I give them my money and I trust that they're going to do something excellent with it. And so I'm asking you for your money, I'm asking you for your trust, I'm asking you to take a leap of faith, but at the end of the day, you're going to get this package and 99% of the toy buying public is never even going to know this cool thing existed. They might find out about it later and wish that they were there at that moment when this was created, but it will be too late. We have something here that is incredibly niche, only a few hundred people know about, and about that many people will be the only people to ever own something like this. So it is a truly remarkable time, and uh, I'm excited to launch this and see what we can do. This is our time to kind of really make a dent here. We have these huge corporations completely floundering their crowdfunding campaigns with the hottest IP on the planet. They can't get it right. Can we get it right? Can we prove them wrong? My hypothesis is yes, we actually can do that. And we will continue to be this independent pirate ship sailing on the Sea of Daggers without any interference, without any budgetary approval meetings, Without having to Skype a single executive, we're gonna launch this and we're gonna do it ourselves. And it's going to be, it's gonna have the highest level of integrity possible. Well, as much integrity as you can have dealing with pirates, that is. You know, obviously they're, they're a little bit rougher on the edges. But um, that's my pitch to you. Uh, this campaign will end November 15th. This campaign will launch. I don't know, sometime very soon. I'm working on the video right now. I'm waiting to get a little bit of footage of the figure being sculpted, and uh, we will go from there. But in any case, it's on your radar. We're very close to the launch date. Stay posted on patreon.com slash Jesse I think also, one final note, I may have the first couple days of the first week be just for patrons. I may not blast this out to a larger audience right away. I want to kind of get a gauge of what the initial core group can do. And then we can figure out how to uh, sort of pull in whatever floats them and jets them we can and uh, get it locked into the campaign. But in any case, that's my pitch. I hope you will join us on the Sea of Daggers. Pizza out.